0: Hello, I'm Michael Serapio, and this is the Primetime Politics Podcast. Hello everyone, I'm Michael Serapio. As expected, the Prime Minister has put tens of billions of dollars on the table today, answering the call from Canada's premiers and committing to invest more in health care. In total, the federal government says it will invest $196.1 billion over the next 10 years, but only $46.2 billion will be new spending. That would include an immediate $2 billion top-up to the Canada Health Transfer with no strings attached and $25 billion over 10 years for bilateral agreements with the provinces to meet, says the federal government, the unique needs of each jurisdiction. The premiers are already expressing their disappointment at the proposal, but the Prime Minister says the deal will be offered and will help address the crisis in Canadian health care.
1: The pandemic reminded each and every one of us just how important our health is. It also put enormous pressure on our healthcare systems and on our healthcare workers. And it made us take a hard look at the long-standing issues facing our health care. As leaders, we've come together to deliver tangible actions and outcomes today while building a more modern system to ensure results for all Canadians. For the future. The provincial and territorial governments deliver health care with support from federal funding, which ensures that our collective commitment to the Canada Health Act is upheld. In fact, it's written right into the Canada Health Act that, as governments, we need to protect, promote, and restore the physical and mental be- well-being of residents of Canada and facilitate reasonable access to health services without financial or other barriers. To help ensure that, we're announcing that the federal government will be providing $198 billion in additional federal health funding over the next decade.
0: Well, for more, we are now joined by Dominic Leblanc, Minister for Intergovernmental Affairs, who has been working the phones and negotiating with the provinces ahead of today. So, Minister, thank you for being with us tonight. Thanks, Michael, for having me. Now, as you well know, the premiers uh, did have their own news conference this afternoon. They say what your government is proposing is not enough. They're disappointed. Uh, What's your response to that?
2: Uh, Our response, obviously, is that $198 billion of additional funding is a very significant investment. The provinces understand that there's a limited fiscal framework that every government has to work within. Um, We have worked hard and talked to many of them, as you mentioned in the introduction, over the last number of months about what the Government of Canada could do to be the best partner possible. In ensuring the long-term sustainability of our health care system. We made a number of adjustments to some of the initial uh, ideas we had based on those conversations with premiers over a number of weeks and months so we're confident that this is a very significant offer and we're also confident Michael that Canadians expect us uh, to quickly sit down together and figure out the best way to apply this additional funding in a way that will benefit uh, the people who need the health care system, the people who work in the health care system, in all of the different jurisdictions across the country.
0: Okay, but th- there is this disconnect between th- what the provinces were asking for, hoping for, before they got here. And when you, you talk about that nearly $200 million, uh, billion dollar investment, only $46.2 billion across 10 years is new money. And the premiers were asking $28 billion a year essentially that's a gap of some 23 billion dollars each year if your intent is to protect public health care how does your offer help the provinces actually do that
2: but again this is the trap of of arguing about tens of billions of dollars prime minister noted uh, that the tax points that we transfer to the provinces are worth 25 billion dollars a year for the provinces and territories That's left out of the calculation they use around this 28 billion. So all of these numbers, Michael, are interesting. It's interesting on programs like this. Um, At the end of the day, the people who are in an emergency room at a hospital in Ottawa tonight or in Moncton, New Brunswick, where I live, want to know that we're working collaboratively with provinces and territories uh, to come up with the best solutions possible to sustain the public health care system, to improve accessibility we think this is a very significant amount of money we think it will significantly improve the long-term prospect of the health care system and we've built in the flexibilities for provinces and territories to tell us what are their priorities and how can this additional money help them meet those objectives that the citizens of their province and of our country expect us to attain together
0: mm-hmm. uh, but when you talk about those figures and those projections, what is the percentage? I know there's a discrepancy between the way the provinces and the federal government measures percentage of, of what is actually paid. And if, if Canadians want to know that their federal government is cooperating with the provinces to deliver health care, what do you calculate now with these additions? What do you calculate to be Ottawa's percentage uh, in, in paying health care in this country now?
2: So again, Michael, this is the, this is the accountant trap uh, that we can fall into. The provinces and territories have said that they want the Government of Canada to pay 35% uh, of the cost of public health care sy- uh, systems across the country. With these additional investments, uh, we believe that we'll be within a percent or two of that 35% figure. Uh, there are other bilateral agreements around support for personal support workers in long term care homes. There's money for Indigenous uh, uh, health uh, equity, ensuring that some of the gaps around Indigenous uh, health uh, are met. So all in all, we think, Michael, that this is a generous and reasonable offer that, that respects the federal government's fiscal circumstance. Uh, these provinces, many of them are in big surplus positions. Uh, they know that the government of Canada carried a very significant share of the cost of fighting the pandemic, not only in supporting their health care systems and buying the vaccines and so on, but in supporting Canadians and Canadian businesses. So th- that's why I'm not pessimistic that we will find the right way forward over the next few weeks uh, to come to agreements with the provinces and territories. The Prime Minister has said that this amount of money will be available starting uh, in the next financial year, which is a few months from now. Um, we think the provinces will want to ensure that we get the right agreement so they can access this money and make some of the investments they've been saying for a long time that they need to make. So
0: will that money flow even if deals are not finalized before your government tables a budget?
2: Um, the $2 billion immediate increase in the Canada health transfer uh, will flow uh, to deal with some of the backlogs we see in emergency rooms, pediatric care centers, and so on. the money to provinces and territories uh, in terms of the bilateral agreements will flow once we sign those bilateral agreements, but we believe we're not pessimistic. We believe we can over the next few weeks uh, come to the right agreement uh, agreements with provinces and territories. And of course the Canada health transfer increases um, are a function of the provinces committing to share in a transparent and comparable way data around outcomes that they themselves will set and that part of the conversation is again very encouraging. Premier Higgs, the Premier of my province uh, of New Brunswick uh, at the table with the Prime Minister earlier today uh, was one who said that one of the most important things of the conversation we're having today is how we can share comparable and reliable data with Canadians, with taxpayers, so they can measure the outcomes of the health care system that they're paying for. Um, Premier Fury, Dr. Fury, the Premier of Newfoundland and Labrador, talked about the great work that's been done around the Canadian Institute of Health Information that's been built collaboratively with the provinces, territories, and the government of Canada. Uh, So those are the things that we expect for the increase in the Canada health transfer, but we think we can also sign those bilateral agreements. Uh, in the coming weeks.
0: Okay, so you still have uh, belief that it's possible, but you know the premiers, uh, they will be meeting in the days to come to talk about your offer, uh, perhaps to counter it. So is there any wiggle room for the provinces?
2: Um, I I think the Prime Minister's been quite clear, Michael, that that uh, is what we believe is a reasonable and substantive offer, uh, taking into consideration the fiscal circumstance, the financial position of the Government of Canada. We hope the conversation can move to uh, how we can meet the priorities in their own jurisdictions in their provinces and territories with this additional money. Um, This didn't set up a a subsequent meeting for a back and forth. It's not somebody trying to uh, buy a residential property somewhere. Um, The Prime Minister was clear with the, the Premiers that we have worked hard to get to what we think is a very significant offer. Uh, It is $198 billion of additional money uh, as compared to last year, over the next 10 years. But that is additional money that was not available last year. So um, this is a significant, if not massive, investment uh, to try and deal with a huge problem, a significant problem. So we think we're being a good partner and we think we can be flexible and accommodate provinces and territories in terms of their own priorities and do what Canadians expect of us Michael is to get quickly down to work to invest this money in some of the real pressures in the healthcare system and I think Canadians uh, won't be very generous to any of us that aren't trying to get to the right agreement quickly.
0: So look to the side deals, the money is what it is? Uh,
2: The 198 billion dollars is what it is, it's a lot of money Uh, it's a great deal of money that Canadian taxpayers Uh, are contributing in terms of additional incremental investments in a public health care system that we all care deeply about as Canadians. Um, So I'm not pessimistic at all about our ability to find the right way forward with provinces.
0: Minister LeBlanc, really appreciate the time. Thank you for this.
2: Thank you, Michael. Have a
0: great evening. You too. As I noted earlier, the provinces are expressing their disappointment at the proposed number. Heather Stephenson is the Manitoba Premier. She's also the current chair of the Council of the Federation. And take a listen to what she had to say this afternoon.
3: There wasn't a lot in the way of new, new, uh, new funding uh, that is uh, a part of this package that has been put together by the federal government. And so... Um, You know, I think, to to say the least, I think we were a little disappointed at that. But what I will say is that um, moving forward, you know, we still want to ensure we just receive that proposal today. Um, there's a lot of details within that proposal. We've only had it for a couple of hours, and we want to ensure that we have the time to go back to our individual uh, areas across the country, our provinces and territories, and make sure that, uh, you know, we see what does that really mean. Yeah, $28 billion, of course, was an injection that we were looking at in the, in the first year to get us up to the 35%. Uh, on the part of the federal government, and uh, what we see from this is it's actually less than than five billion. I think around four point six billion. So that's the comparative. It's significantly less than what we were looking for in terms of, you know, the baseline funding injection into the Canada Health Transfer.
0: With his thoughts on today's announcement, we're now joined by the Premier of New Brunswick, Blaine Higgs. Premier Higgs, thank you for being here. Really appreciate you taking the time. You're very welcome, Michael. Appreciate the opportunity. Now, last December, when you and I spoke last, you, you, you said you were confident that if the premiers could get a meeting with the prime minister, a deal could be hammered out. There's now this proposal on the table. You've had your meeting. But it seems, though, there's disappointment among the premiers.
4: Well, I don't know that we actually hammered out a deal. We basically were presented a proposal that uh, here, here it is. And, and I don't know that that's unique in the history of healthcare funding increases uh, from the federal government. But um, I will maintain a somewhat optimistic here and basically say that okay, we finally got together and we finally got a proposal that does include more funding, albeit um, significantly less than we had uh, hoped for.
0: Mm-hmm. Significantly less. As you say, what exactly is missing uh, from your perspective?
4: Well, certainly we were looking for a, more of a, an equity funding partner in the increasing cost of health care that basically lined up what provincial contributions were to federal contributions um, and that that was the goal that's why the the 28 many we were, we were focused on um, but in the in the sense of what we've received here um, it's a you know it's a recognition that an increase was needed um, it, it is you know the health transfers are like 30 percent of our total healthcare budget so so it's a it's a percentage on a on a percentage of the budget and and so we basically are in a situation that I would say well all increases are welcome um, the categories that are been put forward are you know certainly reasonable in terms of the bilateral discussions we can work with that for sure um, I, I think there's a recognition in Atlantic Canada of an aging population and, and so that's going to be helpful for us to negotiate on the bilateral agreement but I think on the other side it tells us We've got to look long and hard at how we deliver healthcare in Canada, and how we're becoming become uh, more innovative in doing that. Better technology, better use of of, uh, of um, best practices maybe around the world, um, but across Canada. Better sharing of data, um, better oversight of uh, of what we do every day in our respective provinces. I think all of these things the public probably are saying, you know, there's there's areas that we can all improve upon. Uh, this funding would say you're going to have to figure out where they are. Okay, so so to be clear, then
0: you think that there must be ways uh, that need exploration, a different way of de- de- delivering health, because of what's on the table, or because the 28 billion was never going to uh, come to fruition as the premiers wanted?
4: Because of what's on the table, you know what we're showing is that you know if we're going to continue funding healthcare kind of in the same manner we always have, uh, we needed to have serious uh, funding injection. I mean, we have the labor shortage, we need to have, you know, a whole different approach of maybe certifications and the ability to get more immigrants in that are fully certified coming from countries that, that, that are um, delivering on our program so we can put them right to work. So we're going to have to do faster certifications and, and get moved up on that. We're going to have to look at technology and, you know, where we're performing procedures and how we can do them quicker and, and do them more cost-effective. Uh, all of this, at the end of the day, has to be done with the fundamental principle. That everything we do has to be better outcomes for the patients and that's the people of our province and ca- Canadians expect that so they expect the criteria that that was being put forward they expect it to improve it's pretty hard to to suggest otherwise and they expect that we can continue to deliver better health care because our health care system has gone through a uh, you know a significant uh, crisis in many cases but but certainly a challenges uh, in in uh, in every part of the country so our population expects better this funding's not going to do it overnight we're gonna we are and we will need to continue to be uh, to i guess more creative in how we deliver healthcare better with with what's available to us Mm -hmm. so so obviously a disappointment
0: perhaps a rethink down the road so where does that leave the provinces what's the next step here
4: well i think the recognition now is okay we've got what we have uh where do we best utilize the money uh, to get the best results. You know, if I look at critical surgeries, um, you know, whether it be uh, critical surgeries for, for cancer care, whether it be critical surgeries for hip and knee, uh, we're, we're doing some marathon uh, you know, surgeries now, like we go to a hospital, we bring in surgeons, they work all, all through the weekend and we ramp up the use uh, of that facility and the, and the surgeons seem to like that and, and I've, said, I've said many times that we'll spend whatever money we need to do, so that, but patients need to feel that they've, they've got the service, they feel a difference. Cataract surgery, we've reduced the wait time dramatically in cataract surgery, particularly in the northern part of the province, by, by having a, a surgeon you know, do that in his own clinic. And, and we've dropped the wait list down by, by months, if not years, um, down to now weeks or days. So, so that's one part of the province, but we can do that throughout the province. So I think what we're seeing is, is okay, let's just not get hung up on, on traditional, oh, we can't do that. Uh, let's have the frank discussion, uh, you know, with our union leaders, with associations, with doctors, uh, nurses, all, all of the folks that actually see it every day. And let's start saying, okay, what can we do differently to make your work easier, but to make us, get, uh, to ensure we get better results to the patient. It's almost as if you've lost
0: confidence in the federal government to step forward. The, the way you're talking about looking for alternatives, if the dollars aren't there, you need to find a different way of moving forward. Is that an expression
4: of, of uh, giving up on, on the federal government? Well, I hate to use the word give up as such, but I think we have to face the reality. We have what we have. And, and so we'll meet as COF team, and we'll decide, okay, what's the next best step, and where do we go from here? Uh, And then how do we work together to to get better um, outcomes? And what have we learned from each other in in their health delivery services? Um, I I think that's the conversation we'll ultimately get there. What more we can negotiate, what more we can do in terms of uh, the bilateral agreements, that'll happen over the next few months, um, I would say, not likely longer, and we'll get that resolved. Uh, I think the immigration file is huge. I think if the federal government can, we can pick that up, as I mentioned. Let's get some reaction because we have people retiring in, in New Brunswick, again, our aging demographic, we see a, a bubble here we're going through, and we really could use a ramp up in the timing to source new healthcare professionals. So I, uh, I think yes, at some point, I, we've been arguing for an increase in health transfer for two and a half years now. So okay, we got what we got, let's have the meeting and to see if there's more, what can we do about it? But then at the end of the day, after we have our meeting with, with uh, all of our uh, colleagues, it's okay, let, let's let's move on to, to what's the next best thing for us to focus on in order to ensure our healthcare system continues to improve. Because, um, you know, doing anything less is just not an option.
0: Uh, quickly running out of time here, uh, Premier, I am wondering when the next meeting amongst the Premiers will be to, to try to formulate some type of either counter-offer or response to the Prime Minister.
4: Uh, well, it hasn't been set yet, but I do expect it within within a week.
0: Premier Blaine Higgs, again, always appreciate the time. Thank you for this.
4: You're very welcome. Have a good day.
0: Let's continue the conversation now with two journalists who are covering the First Minister's meeting. Marika Walsh is with the Globe and Mail. Mia Robson is with the Canadian Press. Thank you to the two of you for joining us tonight.
5: Thanks for having Hi. us.
0: Marika, I'll begin with you. You know, uh, we did speak to Premier Hicks tonight. He's disappointed with the dollar amount. Uh, You were tracking the news conference with the other premiers. What else was being said about the money being offered?
6: I think there was a resounding disappointment being expressed at the same time that there was a clear resignation to the fact that all of the premiers will end up accepting this offer because it appears to be Prime Minister Justin Trudeau's final offer, Michael. I think there's some questions for the federal government in terms of the expectation setting and the table setting that they did in advance of this meeting. It appeared that they would be offering, I think, more money from how they were talking, in particular, because this is really actually in the near term, just a repackaging of what they already promised in the last election campaign and not actually new money on top of that, given the healthcare crisis that has developed.
0: Well, you know, Mia, there are side deals in this offer. And to Marika's point, yes, the the vast majority of money is a a repackage. There's only about $46 billion in spending across a number of years. That's actually new. But there are side deals in this offer. and, And the government says that's to create greater flexibility for the provinces. Could those dollars address some of the concerns being expressed by the provinces tonight?
5: I mean, not really. The, the provinces want what is essentially an enormous amount of money. They wanted $28 billion up front um, immediately and then 5% more uh, on the Canada Health Transfer every year after that. They're getting the 5%. They're not getting the $28 billion. under their plan. Or their request, the Canada Health Transfer would go to more than a hundred billion dollars over that the end of this uh, the de- the decade of the deal. Uh, it's going to be close to about just like 72, 73 billion, I think. It was the math that we did on that. So the numbers there tell you right right away that there's a massive difference between what was asked and what was offered. And those side deals are worth 25 billion dollars over that that same period. So even if you add that 25 billion dollars to uh, to, to the Canada health transfer increases they are getting, it comes nowhere close to what the provinces uh, wanted. They wanted a lot more money up front and a lot more money every year for them for their basic health care needs, not for targeted funding. Mm-hmm. So it's money they'll use. They're happy about it in the sense that it's new money. As many of them said, they're not going to say no to new money.
0: Uh, but it's nowhere close to what they wanted. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Marika, the Liberals right now, as you know, are behind the Conservatives in in the popular polling that's out there. Uh, does the Prime Minister risk a political hit if his solution to health care falls short of the mark? Because as you were noting earlier, it seems that this is the money that he's offering, not much room to budge. So does the Prime Minister risk dropping even lower in the polls?
6: I think it's a bit too soon to tell and, and to know where Canadians will assign blame. I mean, Jean Crete cut healthcare spending dramatically in, in his budgets in the 90s and still got re-elected. So I think it's it's a bit too soon to say exactly how that plays out. But certainly in terms of electoral promises, we know that the prime minister, for example, in the last two elections promised a doctor for every canadian and we know that's far short of what's actually happening right now so the question is will people hold him to account for those kinds of promises that are really in the provincial government's controls in terms of how they spend their money and where they invest it or or will they be seen to be doing something and so that's enough from the federal perspective i think it's it's too soon to say i think more importantly we need to know from the Conservatives. Will they actually honor this new offer that Prime Minister Justin Trudeau is putting forward because it's a 10 year deal and it it would be hard to see that uh, the same government would still be in power after 18 years so it's likely that there would be a change in government at some point in the next 10 years. And that means there are also questions for how other parties will respond to it.
0: Well, it is interesting that we haven't really heard from Pierre Poliev so much on the first minister's meeting or even these health care talks. So certainly that's something we'll be tracking in the days ahead. But you know, Mia, the prime minister keeps talking about protecting public health care. But in our conversation once again with Premier Higgs, he says that if this is the dollar amount offered, then really the provinces will have to rethink how health care can be delivered. So where does that leave, do you think, the public system when it comes to delivering health?
5: Well, there's two things there. I mean, the Prime Minister was clear in his uh, I think it was like the very last question he took today. That the Canada Health Act is still in existence. They will do everything to uphold it, and that the Canada Health Act protects the universal healthcare system. I don't. But on the other hand, I don't think there's anybody in the healthcare system or any government that doesn't think there has to be some kind of innovation to to find a way to deliver the healthcare that we need more effectively and more efficiently. Uh, I mean, this is a lot of money on the table. That is today. We're talking about even if it's just looking at the new money that's being offered, of forty-six billion dollars. It's not an own, that's a lot of money. And if you look at the total amount, the in healthcare funding will increase over 10 years, it's almost $200 billion. If we cannot find a way to deliver healthcare in this country without you know, three, four times that amount of money, no private sector, no public sector uh, amount of money is going, is going to solve it. There has to be innovation. The potentially fight going brewing between the provinces and the federal government about some, some access allowances for for more privatization, but very few governments in this country are going to talk about moving away from the universal payer system. It's just a very big uh, risk politically in Canada.
0: Well, certainly something we'll be watching over the next few days as we heard from uh, Premier Stephenson. The premiers will be discussing the offer in the days ahead. So for now, um, Mia Rapson, Marika Walsh, thank you very much for the time. Not as much as I wanted, but really appreciate your voices tonight.
5: Thank you. Thank you.
0: And that is our program for this Tuesday. I'm Michael Serapio. For everyone here at CPAC, thank you for joining us tonight. We'll see you again tomorrow.